welcome to the Wild Women in Business podcast, where we dive into the world of women in business, catering to entrepreneurs, mumpreneurs, and all those skilled at juggling life's demands. Join us as we explore the intricacies of our own behaviors, aiming to reshape our self-perception and business mindset. Get ready to glean into valuable insights and inspiration, empowering you to enhance your interpersonal skills while successfully managing your own ventures. In today's episode, I sit down with Shannon Smith, the founder of Smart Business Solutions and Smart Private Wealth. With over 15 years of experience, Shannon has become a pioneer in the accounting industry, making her mark locally and across Australia. Join us as we delve into the essentials of starting a business in the contemporary landscape, exploring various business models, common pitfalls to avoid, and the transformative journey from a solo entrepreneur to leading a team. We'll also discuss the intricacies of managing taxes and navigating company structures. Tune in for valuable insights into the dynamic world of entrepreneurship and finance. Here's Shannon. Thank you so much, Shannon, for coming onto our podcast today. Thanks very much for having me. I, um, I've known you for quite some time, haven't I? It has I? been a long while, actually. <laughs> and I don't think I have become your client for quite a long time. Yeah, and now I'm but finally now you here. are, so that's a good thing. <laughs> and now I'm reaping the benefits and the rewards of being with Smart Business Solutions. So I'm very grateful that you stuck it out and I'm now one of your clients. So thank you for also having me. <laughs> I wanted to come on to this podcast today to talk to you really about a lot of the things that people don't want to think about and don't want to talk about in business, which is setting your structures up correctly from the start, going from being an entrepreneur, and I'm sure you see it all the time, solo entrepreneurs, to then suddenly their business grows and they expand and they are hiring people and they just have not set themselves up for growth. So I really want to sort of deep dive a little bit more about this today and some of the common mistakes that you've seen people make that you've had to sort of clean up and fix up. Um, yeah, tell me, tell yeah. me about that. So it's a very, a very topical area and it is something that we do see um, a lot and a lot of challenges that come out um, as part of that in that, uh, you know, when you go into business, many people, you know, go into business, they're going to you know, renovate their kitchen and they plan it out fully or they're looking at buying a property and they're probably coming to you with spreadsheets of every property in the local area that they've found. They know more house sales than what I know. Yes. <laughs> but when they actually go into business, very rarely does someone actually do a business plan before they start the business. Sometimes the, they fall into the business, it just happens. And so in setting themselves up is really looking at what is your exit? I look at it and go, well, what is your exit plan or what do you want the business to look like so that you can actually set it up properly? And sometimes, you know, kind of skimping on some of those costs up front can actually cost you a lot um, at the end or later on when you need to restructure. So it's looking at what is your legal entity structure? What is it that you want it to look like? Is it a company? Is it a trust? Are there other aspects? And is there something even within your industry that you should be thinking about that needs to have a certain structure around it? But not only that, it's setting yourself up on whether it be on your accounting software as well. So setting yourself up how you want want to finish the business, try and set yourself up like that and do the business planning up front. What does my business look like when I walk into it in one year's time? And when I walk into it in three years' time and in five years' time. 
and using that and actually taking the time to kind of imagine what does that business look like and then rewind to say, well, what does that mean I need to do now to be able to do it? So that cash flow, going from the business planning, looking at the cash flow, how much is it going to cost me to set up the business? What are my margins going to be and when will it be that I actually you know, start making money. What is the average? What's the average cost to set up a business that you see? And then when do you start making money back? Well, and that's going to depend on the industry that, that someone's in, but you're going to have, obviously you're going to have the, the legal costs, et cetera, the, the accounting costs of being able to set up your entity. So you've got a few thousand dollars on that side. Um, but actually looking at your marketing, getting your branding right up front Really switching from job mentality to business owner mentality yes. and spending money to make money, to make money, investing into yourself and yeah. into your ideas and your vision and your brand. And I see that a lot. I see people sort of almost half-ass doing it a little bit. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you and I, we have worked with teams before. So we're coming at it from an aspect and a perspective of having already worked in businesses that are that we're not necessarily doing everything ourselves. We delegate a lot. And the benefits of delegating to other people in your business to be able to pick up and help your business to grow. But what happens when it gets tricky? And it gets tricky when you don't know exactly when you're first starting out. And even if you're buying into a business that's already been developed, or if you're moving from being solo to growing a team, how do you navigate your bass and your tax? And, you know, it seems just confusing for people. Yeah. And it's probably not, they didn't go into business to do basses. So unfortunately we love accounting. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> That's our job. They will never love accounting as much as we do, but it's important to know and understand that because at the moment you would have seen a lot of public um, press about the ATO coming after the debts that small business owners owe. And ultimately the GST, it was never your money. You're just a, uh, a, a collection for the ATO and you're doing it for free actually for the ATO. I know when I first started my business, the best advice I got was have a GST account that as soon as you get paid from a client, the money just goes straight into the GST account. So it's never actually yours. You never actually receive it in your general account. Yeah. And that's a great one because at the end of the day, the GST wasn't yours. PAYG that you may withhold from your employees, that's not your money either. Superannuation that you owe to your employees, that's not your money. They, they're all money, uh, like funds you need to be paying on behalf of. So you need to be kind of going back to that cash flow and the budget to make sure you've got that. And so what advice around that would you give in how would somebody allocate not just their GST because that's an obvious one, but then their PAYG as well into a separate account so that they don't get caught out? Yeah. So what we what I would probably suggest, and if, if they are using, say, for example, zero accounting software or whatever software package they're looking, they're looking at using is, you know, can, they can go in on a monthly basis. So it's not even when they have to do their BAS. Um, on a monthly basis and there's a, you know, a report that they can have a look and see for the month, what was the payroll I did for the month, what were what was the taxes for the month and what was the super. Take both of those amounts, take it out of your day-to-day bank account and put it into that other bank account you're talking about. So you can call it the GST, it could be a GST and taxes account, whatever you want to call it, but put it into that account. Always be conservative. So potentially you might have a win by the end of the year when you get to the end of the year and you've got that there. But I often work with clients to actually say based on either their budget because if it's new in business or if they've been around for a bit we'll have actual numbers – 
to work out what is the percentage of $1 of revenue or $100 of revenue of that amount, how much ends up in going to GST, income taxes, PAYG and super, all as a percentage, assuming a stable salaries um, situation or stable employee numbers, just so that they might know, okay, I have some clients where it's like, okay, every, every $100 I earn... $25 needs to go into that tax account, which is going to go towards super, GST, PAYG and income tax at the end of the year, if that's what the number is, you know, because that's income. So you've got income, less expenses, and then you've, that's what you're paying tax on. So it's working backwards to get that percentage of your income, because that's an easier measure for small business to say, I banked $100 of that $100 how much do I need to put into a separate bank account? That's a really, really great advice. Thank you. And what sort of other common mistakes do you find that people make? Have you got a story of, you know, obviously an an anonymous (laughs) company, but I'd be so interested to hear from your perspective what you see. I think the biggest um, challenge that I see with clients is probably coming down to coming down to cash flow and margins, but making sure that they're not underquoting just to either win a job or selling products to discount, that they're not making enough of a gross margin. And I've seen that time and time again, um, especially in the trades where they're underquoting to try and win the job because they think that's great, I'll win the job. Uh, but then they're not making enough money at what I would say is a gross margin level. So the gross margin is what do I need to do to actually execute that job. I've got subcontractors, I've got materials. So what are the costs for those? Um, your value I'm, for your time. Yes. Your and, value and people, for your business, yeah. People forget to uh, include their own time in that. And then you've got, and so they might think, oh, well, I'm making $100 profit on this job. The $100 is only after you've paid the materials and you've paid subcontractors and, and even your own time. But from that $100, you've now still got to pay all of your other costs. Now, all of your other costs, accounting, motor vehicle, you know, printing, um, any of your other costs, insurance, all of these other costs have still got to be made from that. So your actual profitability, you've got to get a really good gross margin and there can be industry um, margins or at least making sure that you have enough profit at a gross profit level to pay all of your other expenses to make money. And that's where the cash flow kind of working out a budget and cash flow modeling it can enable because I have had some that have invested up front in getting advice before they started the business and I'm going to kind of challenge them and said well how are you going to make money if it's going to cost you x to do this you know and x amount and all of that to actually work out there is no money in 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 it how do you deliver that to somebody there is no money in it your business idea that you thought could change your life and how often do we hear I want to run a business and own a business because I want to financially provide for my family and have more time with my family and then I'll be able to go on more holidays and X, Y and Z and I mean we all know that that's just not true. None of that is true actually (laughs) but you've got to love what you do with running a business so you've really got to love what you do and if there is something you know it could be that that they have to think of it in a different way. Maybe the framework that they were thinking of was never going to deliver the, any of the profits. Maybe it's buying themselves a job. Maybe it is giving them the flexibility and they're happy to do that. Or maybe it's really something that, that should be um, just at the markets. There is no demand to be able to put it into a shop or into you know a larger business. But if they haven't gone through the analysis of doing that, you do, you know, such a high percentage of businesses, you know, fail in the first few years. That's why in having the business plan there, 
and knowing what you're trying to look at doing. And I also believe that when you have a business plan, you naturally gravitate to these goals that you've set. You know, and you'll of course, if you them. write it down and if you tell enough people about it, then you start to just naturally put those behaviours in place to be able to get to that desired outcome yeah. or goal or result, whatever it might be. Um, it's so interesting that you say that because what are the popular businesses at the moment that you're seeing coming through? Um, well, there's actually a lot of people doing psychology at the moment. I do think really? that's a, that is that's, a, that's got it. Yeah, there's a lot of demand on that. I would actually say in the last 12 months there have not been as many people setting up a business, and it's probably a smart move at the moment. The economy, yeah, the economy. Talk I to think. me about the economy at the moment. Um, so I think everyone would know that 2023 has been a very, very challenging year. A lot of businesses have been challenged by the year more than COVID years as well. Um, and everything that we see from an econo economics perspective, it seems to indicate next year is going to be challenging as well. I think what it, uh, I'm kind of advising my clients is to really look at what are the must spend, what what are the non-negotiable, what can you actually, you know, maybe do a better deal on on some of it if you can, and what more value can you give so that, for example, your customers are going to keep choosing you, or your clients are going to keep choosing you, or your product. And so that where can you, you know, kind of save on those kind of costs and, and maybe it is a case of what can you rein back. I do always say to clients at the end of the day, you've got to make sure that everything that you're doing um, is a profitable job. It's a profitable job. It's a profitable product because if it's a, you know, a loss leader, you can go broke sitting at home. No point in going broke, working really hard, really. So you've got to make sure and there's still people wanting to win market share but market share doesn't pay always the bills if you don't have the profit. And if you don't have the cash flow, then you've got an issue as well. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, we work so hard in our businesses and on a day-to-day -day basis and you can get really busy just being busy. Mm. But you really do need to model out your business correctly before you invest all of your time, energy, resources, money into it. Because like you said, most businesses do set up for failure really early on by not looking at all of this yeah. stuff. You're listening to the Wild Women in Business podcast. If you want to enter the Wild Women in Business awards, head to wildwomeninbusiness.com.au, explore the award categories and choose one that best applies to you. Click the apply now button on the award page and bring the application form to life. Good luck. And when I looked at if when I set up my own business and I was um, up for partner at one of the big accounting firms and then um, I just had my second son and then I decided, well, look, I'm going to set up my business. I'm going to work it from home and I'm going to do, I'm not going to get a full-time employee or move to an office until my youngest is at school. So it gave me, I wanted three days a week. It was going to give me flexibility. And so I framed my business all around that. But in the lead up of knowing I was going to drop him off at school, the youngest, you know, first day at school, and then I was literally off, um, you know, I, I bought land and I started building my office. And so literally I did just kind of dump him at school on the first day and off I went to the office literally. But, We've all been there. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was interesting. It came up on my Facebook, Facebook feed the other day. Um, that it was 10 years, it was 10 years last Friday that the movers came to my house to pack up my home office. And I, and that in my career was very emotional day to actually see, oh, I've, I'm actually achieving these things that I set in, set in my mind to literally do. The movers came and, and um, yeah, set up at the office in Main Street Mornington. There was, you know, 2.5 of us. 
And between the, the, the two businesses, the international tax and the um, smart business solutions, I've got 28 employees now Phenomenal. in basically in 10 years. Um, so we overachieved, I guess you could say I overachieved the goals, but every year I have the business, the, my business plan and I have my goals I want to achieve. And then you just keep, it just keeps going. And if you keep focused on it and if you enjoy what you do, it makes things a lot easier. Of course it does. Tell me about that. Tell me about actually you though, you as a person, the reflectiveness that you've had over those 10 years on where you've been, where you've now got to, what have you learned along the way? Um, oh, a lot of reflecting actually, because it was when I moved to the office, it is when I walk in and to see that you've got so many, I guess, kind of employees and relying on it, so many clients, so the difference that I've made to so many clients is just, that's what probably keeps fueling me. And I really enjoy it because you can really make an absolute difference to a family's wealth, what they can do. I've had, you know, clients that have been able to do some amazing holidays. They've got amazing businesses. They're just, they were employees before they, you know, I encouraged them to set up their business and now their businesses is, you know, employing a number of people. Um, some that, you know, and have put their kids through private school that was never on the agenda to start off with. So um, I guess it's, yeah, going through it. And if I look back, um, probably exhausted is one of them. <laughs> um, I guess looking back and just seeing that um, I'd still do pinch myself when I go into work and think, wow, I've actually created this firm that, you know, like many times I meet people and they go, oh, yeah, I know Smart Business Solutions and things. I'm like, oh, really? Why would they know us? You know, and so it's something that you just keep doing. I'm so focused on doing on what we're doing and enjoying it that you sometimes forget to take a step back and go, wow, this is pretty crazy what, what's been able to pull off. You do what you love and your business will hopefully <laughs> succeed if you put enough time, energy and resources into the things that you love doing and you set it up well. Yeah. And I think that through that as well, um, I see that with my team. They're all really passionate about what they do. Um, and then it does fall through with clients like yourself and a lot of my clients, it's very like-minded people who are passionate about what they do, which makes it really fun. You get to what work. you attract, yeah. right? Yes. As well. Yeah. 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 So it makes it really enjoyable to keep doing the work. So it's funny when people say, oh, when would you ever look at right, retiring? And I think, mm, I don't know. Retiring would be boring. <laughs> it would be. I enjoy it too much. So, and you know, now I've got my youngest that actually he wants to take over smart and years to come. So, you know. Well, I'm sure if anyone can do it, it'll be him. Yeah, it'll be him. Yes. He did walk into the office, I think when he was about seven or eight into the open plan, turned around and he said to everyone, one day I'm going to be running this place. And, you know, <laughs> fast forward now, he's uh, going into year 11 and apparently he does want to run this place. So I think he'd be really good accountant. He's, he's got definitely the background for it and, you know, the passion I'm sure for you've, it. I'm so, sure you've taught him along the yes, way. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to be like mum. <laughs> yeah. And, and he sees that I enjoy it. He's, you know, and that's what I think when he did work experience, it was really interesting for him to do work experience and come into some of the different meetings and just listen. And he really liked the financial advice and the financial planning because he said, you know, you actually have really changed these people's lives. And, I, you know, he saw how excited people got um, to know about what their future looked like, where the you know, where they were going to look at from a financial perspective, from a retirement that they could buy this particular thing and he's he, a reflection of you yeah he yeah. was really he just said it was really I didn't he, he he thought accounting was just numbers 
he didn't expect um, that I spent so much time talking with people and talking about what's important with them. Isn't so, it funny how little we know about other people's business? We specialise in our field and we can be quite ignorant to how much is involved in somebody else's field. And we have these pre-misconceptions of it's just accounting or it's just bookkeeping or it's just real estate, you know, houses sell themselves. And there is so much in the background that goes into developing and commercializing your own business in that sense. It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It is. And, and that was an eye opener just to get his feedback on what he had seen as someone who hasn't gone through and studied at uni yet. He's still at school. And he's still trying to work out what he wants to do in life. Yeah. And, and he liked that, that engagement with people as opposed to the numbers. And he said, I really like that. I thought it was just numbers that you do. I didn't yeah. realise you can make such a difference. So he goes, now I think, now I can see why you enjoy what One you of do. your um, employees said to me the other day that there's not many accountants coming out of uni anymore. No, there's actually, um, so now I guess I've got to breed my own, right? Um, <laughs> but no, there's actually 50% drop in the number of people that are studying accounting. I think there's been a big push on STEM. So there's been a lot of people considering that. And, and so that, that has just detoured away from accounting. So it's a real opportunity for those that do um, go and study in that. You know, so that, that is on one hand concerning. On the other hand, we just have to get more innovative with what we do and technology. I was going to say technology will. Robotic process automation um, and AI. I think AI will take quite a bit to catch up to that level. I'm loving ChatGPT to rewrite things. That's fantastic. But as far as um, ChatGPT is not very good at taxes at the moment. I've road tested on a few, but not very good yet, but robotic process automation and, and look, the likes of say zero from a software perspective, they keep implementing further things that, you know, there were, there were aspects of our um, accounting and bookkeeping that we used to do that we don't have to do now because it's automated as part of the program. Of course. And tell me, obviously we know that times are tough at the moment and some businesses are really struggling and there are some businesses that are thriving as well. What are the differences that you're seeing in the mindset of the people that are thriving and the businesses that are thriving in this market and the businesses that aren't? Yeah, so I think there's probably a few things. It, it does really come down to mindset and I think that there, um, it's about making sure you're in touch with your numbers and you know what your numbers are doing so that you can actually react quickly. We had that, we're experts at that. We've all gone through COVID, so we should be experts at that. I think the difference that we've seen this year is we don't have the financial backing of government um, incentives that or cash um, from the government to help people with that transition. So I think that there's a number of businesses that are not, maybe they've got to react a bit quicker than they are um, to be able to keep, to keep up with what's going on, you know, um, with employees, there's been a number um, of people that do need to um, let go employees. And, I, and you know, I've had to have those discussions to say, well, you know, if you keep those people on, you won't have a business in the next year. It's unfortunate, but you need to look at your cash flow modelling and you might need to let people go. And, and as a business owner, you have to make those tough decisions sometimes. You yeah. can't always be liked by everybody. You yeah. do. And it's, have and to it's make a tough those. one when they've had, you know, maybe there's people working with them for a number of years and, and things like that. But with a business, they've got to look at what, what's happening on, you know. And they go into survival mode. Yes. And survival mode isn't going to be forever. 
Yeah. Survival mode, you go through it and there's peaks and troughs in business and sometimes you have to go into that mode to be able to then regrow yourself again um, and survive and you're just needing to survive. But it's not forever. Yes. Yeah. And it, and that again comes into your business planning, again looks at what are you looking at for next year. So, you know, in going through what does 2024 look like, you know, what, what am I going to say when I get to December 2024? what do I need to do? So I'm going to go into the year, you know, hoping for the best, but expecting a challenging year. So what is it that I need to do? And that, and then I think I encourage all business owners to be really looking at what does that mean if, and, and do some scenarios, you know, if, and I've done that with a number of clients, if revenue dropped by 30%, what would that mean? Now, interesting in July this year, and the stats came out to prove that, that a number of businesses dropped 40% from April, May, June, July, year on year to the prior year. 40%. That's, yeah. That's huge. That's a huge so number. So going through and had already prepared with a number of clients, what does it look like if 30% drop? What would that mean? What would you need to change? So going in on that, that, um, that focus, I mean, the only thing that does give me a bit of optimism for next year is just that um, a lot of the banks last year, uh, the banks for the end of next year are expecting the rates to start to come down in the second, uh, the last quarter of next year in 2024, the last quarter of 2024, which prior to a few weeks ago, all four banks couldn't agree on anything in relation to that. The fact that they've all landed now in the same kind of quarter is, is um, comforting somewhat. And their expectations is of the rate going to around 3 to 3.11 as the RBA rate. So add two or so percent on top of that by the following June. So that, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and so people so investing into property now is it a good is idea. The, it is, you know, we should be looking around just to make sure there could be this now, this could be the now time. This next 12 months is the opportunity um, from that perspective, based on what the banks are saying. So I think from a business perspective, it's really, you know, tighten the belts on different areas that you need to, and then look at also, well, what are the opportunities? Um, There's are always there opportunities out there? out there. And what I try and even explain to people sometimes is, have you looked at JVs, joint ventures, because mm-hmm. we're all doing the same thing in business. And it's, you all want the freedom to be able to go and do this and do that, but then we're all trying to do the same thing and running our own businesses. And it's how do you get scope with other people and bring other people in so that you can have growing your referral networks, but you know, percentages that you can get through referral networks, doing JVs. If you're a hairdresser creating a product that you can then sell, we all know that products online sell. So Mm. it's just being a little bit more creative with your current setup and structure and then seeing how you can develop on that so that you can still monetize that. Yeah, so I think it may be a downturn, but there's always opportunity. Always. You've just got to look for them, right? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on board. I uh, really appreciate the conversations that we continue to have, and I'm sure there'll be lots more learning and a lot more going on in the future. Great. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wild Women in Business podcast. Make sure you subscribe and follow us to get involved in the Wild Women in Business community. Head straight to wildwomeninbusiness.com.au for more information.